really the opposite effect, fashion trickling up, what, what young kids were wearing and how it, was, how it was impacting culture at large. And I always think of your pictures as, as being grounded in that. Well, the idea was virtually a straight, they invented the straight up, which was basically a recording of street fashion and what were people wearing. That's what Terry's, Terry's idea was to put ideas street fashion. And so how did it, when, when did it start evolving? When, when did it become a full-time career for you? I mean, it was pretty quick. Uh, yes, I, uh, I, was, I worked for ID for quite a long time. And then I was approached by uh, a designer called Jill Sander. I was very young at the time. And um, uh, Marcus Scoli, who was the art director at the time, asked me to come to uh, Paris and photograph this catalog for Jill Sander. But I went from working with like two people with me, all of a sudden going into the studio and there was like 40 people and the pressure on me at the time was, I was very young, the pressure was kind of enormous. I remember after the third day, Marcus Scully would say to me, go and look in the mirror and find out who you are and take those pictures. So I go back to the hotel room, look in the mirror, and I still saw the same face. <laughs> and at one stage, I was, it was like three day shoots. Nowadays, it's only one day, so the, the budgets have cut down. So we had the luxury of three to four days. And uh, I think one day was called a panic day, which you just couldn't do anything. And I remember it was, I went home at three o'clock in the morning because it was very long nights, and very long days. And I remember I wanted to throw myself down the stairs. So I wouldn't have to go and work the next day and I'd break my leg or something. It was that much stress on me. And but, yet the pictures are some of your And then, and yeah, it's, it's like my Beatles, you know, the one good album, the white album, which is Jill Sander catalog. It's, it's one of the pictures for which you're the most famous that really yeah. It, it's the wallpaper across the face. And how that picture come about, there was two, there was uh, Mattis and Michael who were art directors, and they were putting this wallpaper up and they just walked past the girl and went in front of her face and just stop, stop, let's do the picture. So that's how the picture came about. Um, and then I went on to work for the Yoji Yamamoto. I, uh, I was very influenced by the Japanese designers at the time. Mm -hmm. so I worked for Yoji Yamamoto and then uh, Ray Karakula from Comme de Gasson. And then shortly thereafter for W Magazine. Yeah, I was primarily working for Glamour magazine in France, uh, which was, Thomas Lenzel was doing it, and I was traveling there. And I, I'd moved to uh, London, I'm from uh, Manchester, but I'd moved to London. And then uh, Listel Barris was doing Harper's Bazaar at the time, and then she asked me to come and, uh, you know, she'd have a cup of tea, and we'd sit there, we'd have ideas, we'd talk about things. And then uh, Dennis Freeman was at W, and then he gave me a, a big break at uh, W. And I came to America, um, yeah. I thought I was king. I thought it was like hit the big time. I never really traveled much before that, so coming to New York was this uh, catharsis in this huge place that was like, just took me over and embodied me. This is a good segue then to start looking at some of your um, first stories for W. This is Midnight Cowboy. Do you want me to do this? You can do that if you want. Yeah. So you want to just, I mean, this is, I think, a, a, an important story just because, I mean, it's Kate Moss really when she was still pretty young. But I wanted to ask you about the importance of growing up with a group of peers and developing together, because I know you've known Kate for a long time. You've known a lot of the same stylists with whom you've worked with for the past 20 years. Right. Well, basically, this is my second story I ever did for W. Uh, the first one was with uh, Amber Valletta, I believe. And uh, then Alex White, who's a stylist I've collaborated for uh, in, uh, maybe 25 years now, she came to W. And uh, this was uh, quite a, a kind of iconic shoot. It, you know, I was influenced by kind of Sam Haskins and those kind of, you know, Cowboy Kate and those kind of things at the time. And then I think it was, uh, yeah, we all went to LA and she was Jane, dating Johnny Depp then. So he came on the shoot, which was a big plus too. So, 
そう
you know, easily. I've noticed only now, and looking at these pictures, that there seem to be only three models that we've seen. I mean, we've seen Kate, Guinevere, and Shoshalona Amber. Do you, is, is the model, in, in portrait photography, you always want to capture the essence of the subject. In fashion photography, do you find that that happens as well, that you build relationships with certain models that become more than a model, more than a blank canvas? You, uh, after a time, they, uh, they, they generate trust with you, so it's, it's easier, and obviously you can phone them up and discuss the project with them on what you want, so you can brief them beforehand, instead of just turning it up, and then every sudden, you know, you, nowadays the shoots are one day to two days, with these models, I, you know, they were my friends, and I grew up, and I made them into characters. So it, it, it's just a, I, I have this, you know, this uh, open number to call them. I ask them what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do, and this trust develops. And I think it's very hard today. I think it's changed today, where uh, you don't have that build up. The model's life expectancy is a lot shorter, so you don't have that. Build well, obviously, Kate Moss not. But I, I think, uh, I, I think. I think the retouching has helped girls have a longer career too. So, <laughs> so they get another twenty years on the top with the essence of the uh, the airbrushing. Right. Which are all attracted to different faces, and it's, it's you know these are the girls that I I love photographed. No, but it is interesting. I mean, I, I think the girls that last, and that's why it's so hard now, is the girls that have a cinematic, the girls that can embody many characters. It's not so much about the most beautiful girl, it's about the most interesting. I can't remember half their names anymore. Right. <laughs> they change so much, I don't know. Everyone's a Natalia V, Natalia X, Natalia G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we have um, Niagara. Yeah, this is, uh, I've, I always fell in love with the, you know, the, the Marilyn Monroe film, Niagara, and I wanted to take Guinevere. But this is, this is quite a, this was quite a difficult story, uh, especially for Eugene, the hairdresser, because we actually got permission to photograph near the falls, which we didn't understand because of the, the mist. The hair kept just went like this every two minutes. So he was uh, virtually pulling his hair out. It was uh, very, very hard. And you can't really tell from this, but the colors he put in were so beautiful. The color I wanted the to hair. create a modern, modern Marilyn Monroe with the hair. There you can see it. The story that really is about place. There's a lot of bird crap on that one, that is. <laughs> to clean it up a little bit. Okay, this is a story that is, is interesting because I, I think it was a fairly controversial story at the time. Now, do you want to? Yes, uh, when I first moved to New York, it was, uh, I, I, for me, you know, with the, seeing the New York and the economy, and I couldn't believe that there was all these so many homeless people around. And I used to, you know, I used to give them a hundred bucks. I felt sorry for them. The next day I'd see them with like 10 bottles of wine. You know, so it was, I thought I was helping them some way, but not, I was helping them to actually get drunk. So I, I you see the, the people in the streets and then you see people with shopping bags with Dior. So there's this kind of clash and this poorness and this richness. And I, I saw it when I first came here. So the idea was to make clothes out of paper bags. And, and you know, we were shooting in these streets and putting these, uh, these uh, bags down, and the smell was terrible. It was like, and you, you know, look at these beautiful girls lying on paper bags with these, these stench from these streets and everything. It, was, it, it looks glamorous, but it wasn't so glamorous. And it's also, I think, uh, you know, it's an interesting commentary on just the amount of the amount of everything we have today nowadays. I mean, yeah, the excess of everything. The excess of everything. There's a panel tomorrow. Um, 
you know, with Mike Fig is, is there too much, too much culture is the title of the panel, but also we could also talk about is there too much fashion? I mean, we can, there's, you know, 20 years ago, you can see your early pictures. It was one look, one dress, and then it starts becoming more and more, as you said, every picture has to have a bag, has to have an accessory. There's just so much more of everything. You know, there's more fashion shows than ever, more fashion designers than ever. We have first, at the beginning, there were ready-to-wear shows and couture, now there's resort, now there's pre-fall. Then you have all the fast fashion like Zara and H&M. Just so much of everything. Do you think that that makes fashion, that has that helped fashion photography? Is it the same or is it, like detrimental to creativity? Do you feel that? Well, there's a, it, I remember the famous picture by Ouija, it was of Coney Island. It's just Coney Island, it was in the 50s, it was just packed. It's a black and white picture, and you don't see one branding, it's just, just nothing. It's just like all about black or white t-shirts or shirts. Now, everything is branding, everyone wants to be a brand, everything's about a brand. And with the, the, the pressure on the designers, they have to make, uh, now there's, you know, there's pre-fall, there's mature, there's, Moto, there's other shows, it's, it's like it's just never ending. There's so much consumption in it. Yeah, it's a And now you, you, you know, the, the designers now are controlling uh, the pages of the magazines, what you shoot for, because you can't mix the fashions anymore. Before you could mix a, a Prada with a Gucci or vice versa, and now they, you know, they'll pull out advertising if you don't give the, the full look. So it's, it's, uh, they're controlling with more and more. You know, you, you, and also the brands that you like to photograph, which is the Sakai, the Yojimamotos, the Comte de Gassons, it's hard to get them in the stores, it's hard to give them space because they don't advertise. So that you know, you're lucky if you can get the outfit, and even though you love the outfit, they've got to come, I actually I love fashion. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to get those, those clothes in. But we try. We have to get one. <laughs> we, we we try. Yes, we do, and we and we do it. So this story, I I'm so sorry that Edward couldn't make it because this is one story that I really wanted to talk to uh, to Edward about because you may not know this, but I was with Edward for the beginning of the story. Oh, you were. We were at the at the collections in Paris, and you know you see so many shows, and at the end of the month because it's New York, London, Milan and Paris. You really have to try and make sense of everything you just saw and try to figure out a way to present it in the magazine. So Edward was saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do for collections. And so I said, well, why don't you do minimalism versus maximalism? Like all the really sort of more pared down looks and then all the sort of crazier designers. And so that's what Edward did with Craig, obviously. And this is a story which really progresses from a very clean, minimal silhouette to a very elaborate extreme one we just talk, we talk about this is so when you design the sets you look at the sets so it's minimal maximalism this was uh this was shot in paris this beautiful old art deco uh i think it's actually goddard's uh place that used to have obviously mm -hmm. i can't remember now but it's it's like for the inspiration it's like okay so, so the maximum is the opulence and the minimalism and this is i was looking at the time at uh, uh 60s uh photo installations this is where these kind of shapes come from at the time. You know, and the way they used to uh, hang photos like on the wall or through shapes, and you had this experience of looking at photography. And hence the, the circle, what it was, came from this, I, it was a Paris photo in the 60s, and you walk through and you see the photographs in different essence and, and ways to look at them and view them. This whole kind of structure came from within that. 
which was like a mineral way of showing pictures. Right, and then also it translates to the styling, obviously the clothes for each picture and the hair and the makeup, which changes as we go along. So you can see it gets progressively more. And we move it from, from back to there, it's the remote control is not working. Oh dear. We can talk at this one for an hour. <laughs> well, we can talk about minimum. It's like when I it's like when I work with people, it's like the, the from the concept of coming up with the idea to the actual uh, taking the photographs, it's usually about two to three work uh, work uh, weeks work. But we work with set designers, we test out wigs, we uh, look at the models, so the whole casting. It's uh, and then hopefully it all gels together. Sometimes we have to fire people and send them home, but that's okay. They don't work for the story, but you know we like for for this for instance, you know there's. Uh, the set, just the set design, the change in the build, and you know, it, it's. But I work mainly with three, three set designers that actually understanding your aesthetic as well. Right. Well, it's a shame we can't continue. Is there anyone back there? Do you have another remote, or can you move it from back there? You're working on it. Well, in the meantime, I wanted to ask you something. <coughs> What would you say? Oh, like in your bedroom, you know, it never works. So here, uh, <laughs> you can see the changes in the hair and the clothes get more progressively elaborate. So the idea of minimalism going into maximalism. Yeah, that's quite a hack. So reality and fashion is <laughs> another another way of looking at it. The reality of fashion in the beginning and then the extreme fantasy at the end. That picture. This story is another one that sadly Edward is not here. This was um, Banal Plus. It was based on a trend that happened, especially in the United States in New York last year, uh, that people called Normcore. And it was just this, this trend, I mean, people dressing, especially kids dressing in a very banal way with uh, really uninteresting clothes purposely. So. A lot of people, a lot of kids in New York were wearing secondhand jeans, but not cool jeans, like old jeans from The Gap and a t-shirt from Hanes and really clothes that had no attachment, no, no fashion significance that were really bland and as boring as possible. And of course, in a fashion magazine, we want to reflect those changes that are happening. We want to reflect what's happening in society, but you can't, you have to elevate it somehow. You have to give it a twist. So this is... Um, what Edward Before you go on with that, there's a funny story to this because we wanted to shoot in these uh, houses, so we contacted uh, uh, somebody who was selling real estate in New Jersey. And we were going to shoot it in those houses, and all of a sudden the budgets got big to shoot and rent these houses. So, what we did, we went around and we photographed uh, the walls of these houses with, with this 
this beautiful this lady, I sent my assistants to do the pictures, and then we basically took the, the images and blew them up and stuck them on the cardboard to recreate, saying, okay, we're in this house. And so, so this is save money, by the way. So this is actually stuck on, yeah, on pieces oh, of cardboard. incredible. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know that. So it's even more normcore. Uh -huh. yeah, so you can see these are not real doors. They're just uh, cut out and stuck on cardboard. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's no kitchen. It's just a table. <laughs> yeah, the car doesn't exist. We just take, we left the gaffer tape to sort of make it a little bit real. How much of your photography is done post-production? Is it very in-camera or is... I try to do as much as I can in-camera and sort it out. There's a, there's, you know, we are... The editorial is very, very different. I think when you're doing beauty, beauty clients or anything like that, they dictate every touching. But for, your, for yourself, for the editorial, mainly you can do it yourself. And there's not, on this, there's not so much. Which usually there's like a thousand markups. Everyone's got arrows here, push this in, pull that, thin the hair, shrink the ears, you know, match the eyes. This Anna Paris, it's, it's an interesting story to talk about art direction because this really was a Yeah, I've art. worked with uh, M&M, uh, who are designed uh, from, uh, I don't know if anybody knows of them, but they're, uh, they're great designers uh, from Paris and they're called M&M. And I've collaborated on them for the Jill Sander catalogs, the Yoji Yamamoto catalogs, many editorials they lay out. And we had, I, I wanted to do the story with them to double with Edward and basically to go around Paris. And we just basically, Anna, Anna Hughes was this kind of like model that I was kind of really interested in photographing at the time. And so we basically took these shapes around and just said Paris. And it's almost like taking postcards around Paris and positioning these places in, in you know, uh, these environments you love. So you can see the, uh, this is one of my favorite places in Paris where the Hotel Nico was. I've shot here before, so I revisited it and put these, you know, these colors and M&M came up with the shapes and the designs, so it's, they, they, they interlock and they change. And there's uh, new parts of Paris that come up and you can see them in the background. It's so simple, really. It's the word Paris. Yeah, we actually, got, we actually got a, a Comedy Gaston outfit in the last one, if you go back, which is, <laughs> you know. But it just goes to show, you know, in this era where everything, I mean, so many photographers do digital, crazy things, retouching. This is going back to the most basic of concepts, just a set on the street, and a very basic set at that, just block letters. And this is the final story we have, which is the, the, the most recent one he shot for, for W. And what I find interesting about this story is that it really is a quintessential, for me, one of your original stories. It goes back to like the very, very early. This goes back, yeah, taking when I was doing Jill's Sonnets, because it's almost right. an accidental photography. And I wanted, I, I wanted to take Kate Moss. I photographed Kate Moss, I don't know, thousands of times. And I always noticed little, because after you photograph them so long, you notice little things about them, like a little star here, a circle here, you know, the hair, the, the, the lips, you only photograph from one side. So all these little things. I just wanted to focus in on those, those bits and pieces of her without showing her. And when I, I went to her and I told her I wasn't going to see her, she, she was kind of happy about it. <laughs> I was going to cut her, cut her head off. You know, just the lips and the, the parts of Kate.
that's that's the end of the slide. Um, before going to questions from the audience, I just want to ask you just a couple of things. Are you at all interested in film? I mean, there's so many models that graduate to become actresses. Is that something you've considered? Yes, I'm actually in the middle of making a documentary right now. But, you know, as, as we go along with uh, the photography world, everyone wants more content. So you, you end up, you know, they want a backstage film, they want a mood film, they want uh, an interview with you, they want, uh, you know, to Instagram, everything. So does everyone, everyone now wants more content, which takes the time away from the actually making the photographs. So before you'd have two or three days to do a campaign, now you get one day and just want more and more content. So, you know, it's, I, I think the photography suffers in a way for that. Are you, can you talk about the film you're working on or is it still? It's still in production. <laughs> I started it, I just, I just need money. So, you know, it's just, I'll give a basket out later, you know. About, I think about a million I need or something. Okay, and the last question to put you on the spot a little bit. What would you say is the characteristic of your photography that makes it recognizable? What is sort of your signature that you see a picture and you say that's Greg McDean and not anyone else? I don't know if I can say that about myself. I, I don't know, I believe, uh, I always look for the beauty in things and um, I think other people see that. I don't know what makes a great Indian photograph. Because everything is, every day is different, every, every shoe is different for me. I, I don't really, I don't really know. I think you have to ask other people that question. Mm -hmm. I really, you know, it's just problem solving. And, it, and it, it's like a team of, of like between like 10, 15 people who are, are solving these problems to make things happen. But uh, I don't know, I, I think it comes from, my, my pictures come from my influence from music, from the architecture, from growing up in Manchester. Uh, to dance, I studied dance, so I'm actually better on, on the set modeling than actually the girls sometimes. Yeah, so you have to teach them what to do and how to model, so, but I studied dance, ballroom dancing, by the way, so I'm good at the cha-cha, the tango, the foxtrot. I can do any of those. So yeah, so I think it's just uh, your, your cultural references, where you're from, you know, my love of music, and my, I kind of guess it's my Englishness that comes through in my pictures. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, all right, well, should we go to questions from the audience? <laughs> Anyone? Can you, can you speak? Oh, I'm getting coming. old, I can't hear it. Someone's coming with a Thank microphone. Right here. <laughs> so, the question, are you a stage how the digital um, cameras and shooting has changed your way of photographing and, you know, um, also the timings and the, the most immediate results seeing at the end of the day rather than waiting for the films and the context sheets to arrive later for an edit? Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's quite a big question because there's many uh, implications in that. You know, I, I can load 10 by 8 cameras, but I can't build a digital one. You know, so, so I have assistants now to do all that for me, but uh, it, it, it's... Has the digital changed the photography? Yes, it has changed because you know it's immediate now. They can the clients can see what they want, and I think the world's adapted to that now. They don't even think about it the way. Do I still shoot film? No, I don't shoot any film anymore because the uh, the clients don't they don't want you to shoot it. They want to see it straight away. They want to see it, and you put the logo on it. It's just you know you shoot the picture, and all of a sudden you have the logo in there, so you put it on, and they see exactly how the ad is. There's something kind of strange about that to me because before. I used to shoot, a, used to shoot the, the, the campaign and then we'd spend hours looking through the, uh, through the loop and we'd find pictures 
Now it's almost a little bit like, oh, we've got to shoot for double pace spread. Is the bag in the gutter? Is the shoe in the gutter? So before it was just shooting, and then you just do pick the best pitches and lay them out. So now it's it's more of an art direction. But uh, do I favor film over digital? I, I don't really care. I just don't, you know, so you ask Picasso what brushes he paints with. I don't know. It's just, a camera's just a, uh, a machine to me to capture the image. But there was a, there was a, when we did, when I used to do portraiture on the 10 by 8 camera, it felt like you having your picture taken because you had this huge camera on a washing machine shoved in, and it really fell. But now you've got like this digital. But I, if you want to get technical, I can't shoot 30. I don't shoot 35 mil. I shoot the RZ67 where I look down because I see the, I see it on a page. So I frame it as it's on a page. Like um, so, I'm not Katia Bresson. I'm not. I'm not so good at that. <laughs> Anyone else? Hi. Uh, what was the? Um, sorry, I forgot what I said. That's okay. You can ask me something. <laughs> I don't know. Talk about cars, motorbikes. I don't mind. <laughs> what was the importance of uh, networking in your times or the beginning of your career? About what? Sorry. Uh, of networking. Networking. Being social. You know, I, I believe in uh, I believe in timing. I was very, very fortunate at the time that uh, Edward Enfield, who can't be here tonight, uh, he became fashion editor of uh, ID uh, at the age of 17. He was so young, and I knew Edward, and uh, and also Nick Knight was a photographer I used to work for at the time, and he became picture editor at ID. So I, those two employed me to start shooting for ID. But yeah, you know, I you know I I trunk with my portfolio around London with it carrying around on the tube and then I used to go and sign on the dole and then I used to go and get my housing benefit and then as you earn a little bit more money you know I still signed on but I used to drive a Jag then so it was kind of getting harder to get the money from the from the government so <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh you know there's there's a lot of nepotism there's a lot of socializing there's a lot of going around yes but uh I don't know I believe if you're talented you're talented you know, there was a point, I don't do that, I, it's come reverse now, I actually socialize less and I don't uh, do that so much, but uh, it's it's finding a, I was, I, I work, it's really funny, because growing up I worked with Alex White and Edward and Pat McGrath, and they were a fantastic team, you know, Pat's gone to probably the best makeup artist in the world, and Edward is uh, at W now, and so we, the journey continues, it's just with different magazines, so, but, yeah, but it, it you know, it's just having talking about ideas and you know, uh, it's, having a, it's having a gang with yeah. you can grow up. It's you know the same as the models. We all grew up together. All of us grew up together. You know, I'm doing a shoot here, uh, start tomorrow actually. And Eugene, who's the most of the AA, is still with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's having this. You know, we we, we yeah, It's like a, a mutual understanding. Well, and, and we as a filmmaker, met you know works with the same actors it's right. the same thing it's, I mean it's, it was no accident that the first pick, the first story we chose was Kate 20 years ago and we ended with Kate and that was Eugene yeah still and <laughs> so we ended with Kate still here. last month so 20 years it's the same um, but it was an organic thing you knew Kate from when yeah. you were very young you sort of came up together also I had I have very lucky breaks with uh, great uh, with Marcus Scoli who was uh, in Paris at the time he was an incredible art director that, that worked a lot and Peter Saville, all those people. And it was a, it was an incredible timing. You know, I find it I, I don't think I'd want to start again doing photography you know, how we how it's going right now. 
you know, because we had creative outlets, which was the catalogues to shoot, and people don't do catalogues. You know, Comedy Gasson had six, and all these people. Um, so it's, I, I find it harder. Now I'm a, now I'm a bag photographer. It's good. <laughs> Shoes and bags and glasses. That's what I'm doing. Anyone else? Welcome. Hello, hi. Uh, I would like to ask you more um, about the characters of women that you shoot in your pictures because I think a Craig McTeen picture always has a very specific, kind of vulgar, but very beautiful and architectural um, presence to it. So, and you don't see all these, like the women that you shoot in the pictures out on the street. How do you, um, in your mind, like, What's your muse when you're looking, you know, I, I don't know how to ask the question, but. Uh, can you, can you, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't quite understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I think you have a very specific way of looking at women in fashion, in your pictures. They're yeah. very strong, very, um, for me, sometimes they're very vulgar, but always beautiful and very structured but you don't see these women out on the streets. Right. So how do you like imagine these characters? Because I don't, because I, I think the proper way to um, say is characters. The women, when you look at them, they look, you know, not from real life, but well, more. But don't, you think that, don't you think that fashion in a way is about that? I mean, it's Yeah, but some of the, yeah, definitely. And um, some of the photographers do more like natural works, but I think, his in his works that's especially like speaking to the audience so i want to know how he when when he looks at these women or when he wants to take these pictures and he has a story how i i, I took, how does that come out how does this woman come out it, it starts out of a process what happens is that you uh you uh for instance uh, edward's not here will come with me for an idea of some clothes so we look at the clothes for start with and then we uh then we figure out how we're gonna put these clothes into an environment or a space, then we start doing a casting. And uh, the casting can change, it can go back, and then it changes again. And to tell you the truth, I'm still, I, I'm still working with the same woman. I'm doing a uh, shoot here, I'm bringing Julian Nobis, which is a, a girl that I love. You know, and I kind of guess, yes, it's, uh, I like the androgyny of women. Yes, I, I do that. I'm not really, I'm not really, I'm not attracted to the, uh, the book, how can we put it, the, uh, the, the beach kind of girl, and, but you know, but I you know, I love Giselle, you know, I, I, like, I like a character, I like people, I like people with characters and strong characters, which is, I am drawn to the uh, androg androgyny of it, I think that comes from where I come from, uh, from, uh, in Manchester and the, the music scene and the androgynous that I was with then, but, uh, you know, I'm not adverse to, uh, trying, <laughs> to trying different things, but, the, I kind of guess it's the, the train of thought that I, I put the clothes on. And I, I love fashion, so I follow the fashion as well. So I'm always trying to make a great fashion photograph. And sometimes the women come with secondary. I don't know. It's uh, it's just a it's a natural process that I have, and it just comes from instinct. So I don't really try and analyze it too much, you know. And you have to understand that all these people that come around me, like the hairstyles you see and everything else, you know, there's, there's many times I've spent more or less crying on the floor because I hate the hair so much, we have to change things. But it's just a process, but um, 
I, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yes, thank you. I don't know where the vulgar comes from now. I'd like to know <laughs> what you mean by that. <laughs> Anyone else? I think someone in the back. Is there, is there anyone else or are we? Hi. Hello. Sorry, my voice is a little... Um, if a designer has a new collection, like a capsule collection, and it's uh, it's very minimal, like minimal, like seven piece or something, and let's say they all each have a different look. As a photographer, what would be the best suggestion you would get, give to get those dresses out? Because you know, usually everything has one story and it ties up, but if each piece has a different look, what would be the best way from your perspective as a photographer to take them and to present them? Are you a designer? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm 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 a that gun was for a little I'm, bit of I'm, personal I'm, question. I'm a gun for hire, so you know you can I can help you with that. Uh, uh, I will love that. <laughs> then I'll come right after the speech. Sure. Uh, I'm serious. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's okay. I'll give you my agent's card. Uh, I uh, I don't know it. Uh, so you're saying you have what seven pieces of clothing? Yes. <laughs> okay. And they all look identical? No. Okay. They all have uh, different kind of... I can show them actually. I okay, you can show them. No, I did something very recently for, uh, uh, for Sakai. I did, the, I did the advertising. I love Sakai. I love what, what she does. I think she's amazing. I don't know if you know the designer Sakai, but a uh, Japanese designer. And, uh, you know, for her clothes, I, 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 I find it very, very hard to have a photograph because to me they're like a chore. And so the, the back of our outfits, so I was interested in the front of the outfits. So what I did, I just, I just took the outfit, I did a straight up at the front and a straight up at the back, and that was it. But in the end, it's, I always look you know, to, to find a piece of the clothing I love and how to photograph it, whether it's from an angle. You know, because I come from dance and I come from these kind of um, things, but I have a very good eye for the clothes, because you know, I was very, you know, I love like what you know the, the shapes that Balenciaga did in the fifties and those kind of that kind of shapes. I love looking for. Things. I find it very very hard to photograph a simple dress. I get very stuck. So clothes kind of talk to me before anything else. So, but I could look at your clothes. I would love to show them. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm sure you're amazing. <laughs> right. Um, I think this is a good moment to. Uh, to wrap things up, unless we have one last question. Last question. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Uh, there, you know, like the uh, photographs uh, that can speak to is in photographs, and then there are some photographs is kind of like a fashion photographs. Uh, I find it like a very uh, like a thin line. Uh, a photograph can be a photograph or uh, it's proposed for purpose for fashion clothes. Uh, <clears throat> usually now, uh, the photographs, or like the fashion photographs, uh, are being like a really like a luxurious craftsmen. Are you agreeing on that? 
you explain that question? Was, uh, Do we agree that, that like you know you know like uh, 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 taking photographs of uh, it comes from like a uh, like a free act, and then uh, when you take pictures for something, so with the other inputs into that picture, uh, is it your photograph or not? It's yeah. I well you know. You know, growing up, I wanted to work for Magnum and be a Magnum photographer. Unfortunately, I was too scared to go to war or travel to families places. So, you know, there's, you know, social documentary photography or anything that, yes, it's a free photograph, you, it's sure. It's no, sure. no, I don't mean by that. I'm sorry. You know? I'm not talking about, like, the documentary photography. Like, for example, like, Ryan McKinney did this kind of, like, the first series of, you know, like, the pictures in this kind of, like, in the back of a truck and everything. And it became after... Uh, like the kind of like a Missoni took pictures in the back of a truck. It's inspired by one of them. But you know, uh, when you take this, you know, like a, the first series of pictures, it's totally different than uh, what happens after afterwards. Like, are you, are you talking about the sort of process that happens after the image is delivered to a fashion client, for example, for an advertising campaign that they put a logo or that they do retouching or something like that? Yeah, it is also that, but it's also like in the when uh, is, uh, photographs are being planned to take. That, that they're being planned in advance. Yeah. Uh, so are you asking whether the photographs are, does he feel that the photographs are still his? Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, I think, I think in, in editorial, uh, you have, uh, it works both ways. You know, you, you, you have these uh, preconceived ideas of what you're going to do, and it's, uh, you have to be on some ways, have a, have a, a planned organization. You know, obviously, it never usually goes that way, you know, because you get there and there's one thing that doesn't work or anything else. I think in advertising, it's, it's very, very different because the, the idea is sold to the client, so you, you know, and those are the people that are paying you to do that. So you have to sort of steer the vehicle in that way too because this is what they've agreed on this is what they want so yes and uh to 50 percent of the time yes you're uh you're, you're tied to that uh oh, they're paying you you have to achieve what you've told me you're going to achieve but in editorial it's very very different you know i'm coming here i'm shooting uh tomorrow i found all these locations they show me the locations i agreed to them now i can't shoot there so now i'm gonna have to you know <laughs> come up with some <laughs> improvisation so but I love it here, but I've got, it's like, you work in New York, you say, that's the street I want, you've got it, you're okay. I'm like, no, I see all these rooftops here, but apparently Daniel Craig did this stupid chase and wrecked all the roofs, so I can't shoot there anymore. So thank you for that, thank you for that, Daniel. And uh, James Bond, so now I've got to, I've got till tomorrow to find the locations, but it's okay. Uh, the Beatnik story I shot with Amber, that was me just walking around, we didn't sleep for three days, we had fun, it was a crazy, so those pictures are still memorable, so. Yeah, I, I, I kind of guess, you know, anything with a logo on it, you have to, uh, you know, pre-plan it enough. And it's usually, it's like, it's four, it's, you know, it's like hundred phone calls, meetings, everything else, what the model, the discussions go on forever. You, you know, they can talk about a white shirt for like six days, trust me. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, okay, really the last one now, because I think... <laughs> The next panelists are waiting. Hello? Hi, Craig. Hi. 
How are you? Hi, I'm here. Hello. Hi. Um, I just have a question. Um, how do you avoid getting jaded? Um, do you feel like you're part of the movement constantly still? So? Uh, so I feel like part of the movement. Uh, yeah. No, I, I. You know, there's. Uh, I, I still find excitement in taking in uh, photography. Obviously, there's some days where I think, wow, I, you know, the the industry's changed so much; it's turning into something. But in the end, it. it it's, there's still, a, there's, still a, uh, there's still people I work with as a creative uh, process and a creative thought. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm never bored by it, and I, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to have this job and be successful at it. It's, cause it, it's been a, it's been a long journey, and yes, you can get jaded. You can, but uh, you know, I keep my, I keep myself active with my uh, brain. You know, I'm always like looking every time I go to somewhere like London or I go to Paris. I go to museums, I check out new books, I check out new movies, and I just think it's to, you know, load your mind and your creative and your brain, your thoughts, you know, not to get the writer's block, but I, I think by having a visual perception of the world around you, I look around the streets today, I look here, you know, I see people, I see the way they dress, and it's just to have that, but yeah, there are, there are some moments when I, you know, you, you don't want to do this so much longer, but, um, but you know, I'm here. I'm great. I'm gonna do an amazing shoot here. So this, I get to travel and uh, meet wonderful people and uh, share those images and share those thoughts. And you know, and the magazine's still in print right now. So I've still got somewhere to share your work. So I don't know. You know, I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I think print's such a beautiful way to show work. So I don't know. In the world, the whole world's changing to the internet. There's less, so I don't know. After in ten years, I maybe ten years time, maybe I don't know. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you all very much. Thank you.